Welcome, screensavers. I'm Michael Gallant. I'm Matt Sturdivant. I'm Tyler Sutkus. Together we host the Silver Screensavers podcast, and today it's finally time for Ambulance. Woo! Let's go! If you've been an early listener of the show, you know that we did our Ambulance countdown, and then we had to discontinue it a while because it was pushed back months, and we didn't want to annoy you every week with an Ambulance countdown saying there are 776 days until Ambulance. But it is finally here. It felt like forever. But this is the latest Michael Bay movie. And I'll tell you this. It did not disappoint. We are diving into this nonstop through a ride. But before that, just a conversation about Michael Bay himself. What do you guys think of when you think of Bay? Are you a fan? Do you have mixed feelings? What's it like for you? Okay, so for me, there's like, there. I feel like there's pre-Transformers Michael Bay and then there's post Transformers Michael Bay. Yeah. Um, a lot of his pre Transformers stuff was really pretty good. Bad Boys, The Rock, like some of my favorite action movies. Um, and then you got Transformers, which, in all fairness, I did enjoy the first Transformers, and I was willing to accept the second Transformers. But now here we are, th- five Transformers later. And there's a reason Michael Bay has that stereotype of just being like a generic explosion action movie, just like slog filmmaker. And this this movie was a nice return to form. I, I, I have a hard time saying it's his best movie still, hmm. but it's a nice return to form to pre-Transformers era Michael Bay. Tyler, what do you think of Michael Bay? When I think of Michael Bay, I think of the Romeo and Juliet laws. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just found out that one of the Transformers movies has like a five-minute explanation of Romeo and Juliet laws, and I'm just thrown off by what this series is. I saw the first two, thought the first one was all right, and now I'm just like, now I'm finding out more about the, the further movies, and I just don't understand what this series is supposed to be now. It's so off the rails. They fight the same villain every movie. It's just nonsense. Like, they just Megatron's, like, back, like, ten times throughout this series. Um, but anyway, I think I, I think Matt hit it perfectly with the pre-Transformers Michael Bay. He had some bangers. The Rock, I love The Rock. The Bad Boys. Um, that's about it, basically. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I did enjoy his movies pre-Transformers. Now he's just kind of, like, like you said, explosions. <laughs> just generic action stuff. <laughs> This is a return to form, so I'm happy to see it. So, yeah, Michael Bay, um, mixed feelings about Michael Bay. Here's the thing. Michael Bay makes supremely fun movies. And whenever I see one of his classics, I'm just like, wow, that was just a great time. He doesn't only know how to shoot action. He knows how to shoot action, so it'll give you the visceral reaction that the characters are having. If you see Ambulance, you're going to feel some things bodily because of the camera work that is being done. Um, For the non-Transformer movies, he has this pattern of making films, like I said, super fun, a little overlong, humor, some of it that hits and some of it that goes very dangerously wrong, and there's usually some sort of melodramatic emotion that most often works despite your better judgment, right? There's usually some sort of character arc or some, usually some relationship or something that 
you know it shouldn't make you feel something, but it does anyway. And still look at his filmography. Very interesting. Started with Bad Boys in 95. Uh, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, one of my favorite pairings. They're great together. Uh, I really like all the Bad Boys films. And then The Rock. The Rock is a, a great action movie. I have a lot of questions about The Rock, like specifically certain things that happen towards the end. I don't want to spoil it here. In, in case anyone wants to watch that, please do. Um, but I, I have certain questions about things that happen then. But Rock, uh, you know, excellent movie. Armageddon, a classic, I think, in many, many people's hearts. Pearl Harbor, your vi- mileage vi- may vary a bit on that. Bad Boys 2, no, The no Island. Pearl Harbor. Um, yeah, I I think I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about it. Um, You're being too nice. 100%. That movie was awful. Yeah, okay. I'm being a little generous there. <laughs> Not as good as the ones before. And then, like you said, we get to Transformers in 2007. And same thing. We were all kids when we saw that and we all liked it um but then even as a child so he goes from transformers then after that makes two more transformers movies and even as a kid not a little kid but a little older and i saw the second transformers and i'm like this isn't it man like i think this is done we've run past due on this one however these transformers movies have printed money paramount printed money uh some of them made over a billion dollars worldwide i i see why they keep being made despite being um arguably reprehensible films not even arguably pretty reprehensible films in more ways than one they're awful yeah like like i just explained in my opening yeah like what is going on like there's no excuse for a lot of the uh really sick things that happen in them they have pain and gain in 2013 so there was like a brief interruption tyler i remember describing pain and gain to you several years ago and not knowing what was going on in it yes i do remember (laughs) another transformers movie after that 13 hours the benghazi soldiers movie (laughs) i haven't seen that have you got either of you guys seen it I have not. No, I'm, I'm, I have enough John Krasinski uh, American propaganda projects I've seen. Oh, so the Jack I Ryan? I that one. Yeah, Jack Ryan. <laughs> and then another Transformers movie after that, and then Six Underground, which I watched, uh, I did not enjoy. Wasn't a fan of that. So Six Underground, this is not to do with the quality of the movie. I hated the movie. I thought it was terrible. Um, but I was shocked at how gory this movie was. Like, I was not expecting this to be, like, an uber-violent thing with, like, Ryan Reynolds on it. I was just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, not not a fan of that one at all. Um, I actually didn't finish that one. I was not a fan. And now we get Ambulance. So let's get into that because you're right. This is sort of a return to his original form after the, the Transformers years. Ambulance is about a bank robbery going wrong. After it does, two brothers hijack an ambulance with a wounded cop and an EMT in the back. The city's best EMT, in fact. LA's best EMT. As police chase them through the streets of LA, they try to find a way out. 
with the money while trying to keep everybody alive. This is directed by Michael Bay, written by Chris Fidak, and this is based on a Danish film of the same name. The second in a row based on a Danish film for Jake Gyllenhaal, because he also starred in The Guilty last year, a movie I enjoyed. So, Matt, what did you think of Ambulance? Well, I, I will say I went into this movie um, expecting it to ironically like it because I thought the trailers made it look super corny. And it was it was pretty corny. I'm not going to I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was pretty corny. But I ended up on top of the corniness. I did genuinely enjoy what they did with the story and how it played out. The action was pretty, pretty good. Um, the, all the performances were fantastic. We got a manic Jake Gyllenhaal, which I know it's not like a super rare thing these days, but it was still, it's still good to see. Yeah. Yeah. Abdul Mateen the second always kills it. In my opinion, Isaac Gonzalez as the EMT. She was also fantastic. And, and it's just like, it's a Michael Bay movie of Michael Bay movie, dizzying camera shots egregious product placement cheesy dialogue explosions but it does it in like you got to know what you're getting into with this movie like you, you it's a michael bailey movie through and through and if you're if you're down for it then it's fantastic if you're not a fan of michael bay then i would say probably skip it overall though i i really enjoyed this movie tyler I just want to preface this with, I just found out a fun fact from you, Mike, by saying who Chris Fedak wrote it. He created one of my favorite shows of all time in Chuck, so that's pretty cool. Oh. I did not know that he wrote it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. But I, I really enjoyed this movie. It, it's it's a very cheesy, over-the-top action movie, and I have such a soft spot for that when they're done well. And I think this one was. I, I had a lot of fun watching it. I didn't go in expecting like an Oscar-winning masterpiece. Um, so I, if you, if you go in, like you said, Matt, knowing it's like a Michael Bay cheesy movie, then you'll, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, it definitely is a return to his, his old style of movies. It's much, I don't want to say grounded, cause it's not that grounded, <laughs> but like not everything's exploding. Like in a, in a few years ago, Michael Bay movie, like every cop car would be exploding, which they are flipping through the air and stuff, but it's still better than than he used to be. There are a couple explosions, so if you're going in for explosions, you'll get them. But uh, it's definitely a more grounded, a much more fun action movie than he's been putting out recently. So mm. I, I definitely recommend this if you like his old stuff like Bad Boys, The Rock, and yeah. stuff like that. I, it's everything I wanted. Everything I wanted. It's two hours and 15 minutes of outrageous action, calculated overacting, <laughs> and really absurd lines much funnier yes. than i thought it would be um and it's not exactly emotional but there are some emotional some would argue manipulative elements here that i wasn't expecting including one interesting choice towards the end this is the tone that moonfall should have had but did not this mm. is the missing ingredient to moonfall uh and maybe also uh the actors here I recommend this to anyone who's looking for a fun time at the movies. I implore people to go see this. Um, not that Michael Bay needs any more money, but I do want to see more of these <laughs> movies in theaters. Again, you need to tamper your expectations as far as the story making total sense. It's okay. It, it doesn't. It doesn't make total <laughs> sense, but that's fine. It was, it's an awesome time at the movies. I don't know. I don't remember the last time I have seen an actor 
tuned in to the tone of a movie than Jake Gyllenhaal is as Danny Sharp in this movie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Agreed. He is telling people to their face that their name is Mel Gibson. He's worried <laughs> about his clothes. He's worried about his uh, venereal disease. He's screaming at random <laughs> intervals. It's it's incredible. And perfect foil to him. Yaya Abdul-Mateen II is playing the straight man, but he's playing a straight man who knows how to torque it up at the right moments. So he, he was excellent as well. Uh, also really liked Aza Gonzalez. Michael Bay, I would say really poor history with female characters, um, but I really liked Aza Gonzalez. She was, she really, they sidelined her a bit. I don't Do you guys agree with that? I felt like at times she was just kind of pushed to the side. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So it was unfortunate. I thought she did the the most with the least. Um, and she was great in that Heineken commercial, too. <laughs> I was yeah, waiting the we most make... shameless Heineken play, ad placement I've ever seen. In, not even Heineken, just the most shameless ad placement. Uh, yeah, I was waiting for us. I was waiting to see when we were going to get to that because I wanted to mention it. Um. You know what? I This is going to sound really uh, commercial, and I don't want it to, but I almost appreciated that they tried to blend it into the dialogue and instead of her like holding a Heineken bottle just like on her face but not mentioning it. You know what I mean? I mean, they basically just had her hold it to her face and mention it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I don't know. If you guys have seen... If anybody out there has seen the the James Bond, Daniel Craig commercial where he's like, I'm working so I can, I can have a non-alcoholic Heineken. That's what is in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. in the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's it's glorious. I was I, not expecting the, um, well, we'll get there. I'll save that. Excuse me. I thought Garrett Dillahunt, he's, I really like Garrett Dillahunt in general. He is one of the best pieces of Fear the Walking Dead, a show which is just like, keeps like building new deep ends to jump off of i don't like it's in it's insane and i say this as like a diehard walking dead fan fear the walking dead is nutso and they just keep making more ways to to go crazier than they were before uh but he was one of the best parts of that kiro donnell as the fbi agent did these need to be two separate characters in your guys minds not at all no <laughs> no I was going to say their objective isn't really accomplished by either of them. So, like, they could have all put that in one character. Yeah. Also, like, the 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 connection with the Gyllenhaal character really didn't bring anybody anywhere. No, it, it just kind of was a throwaway. Like, hey, I know this guy. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, and then Olivia Stambula as Lieutenant Zaga, was it? Do you remember the name? Uh, it was Zaga. I can't Zaga? remember how it's pronounced, but that's definitely not how I would have spelled it. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was very charming. I would have liked yeah. if they had utilized her more in this, which they could have, since this is two hours and fifteen minutes. But uh, all the performances are keyed in so well. Let's talk about the what you actually see on screen because this was a wild ride, one that I was very intoxicated by because I came for something and I got it. 
I, I felt like I was intoxicated while watching this. Yeah, I, I like it. The editing style. This is uh, shot by Roberto De Angelis and edited by Pietro Scalia, who is a multiple Oscar winner. Multiple Oscar winner edited this movie. He won for JFK and then shared one for Black Hawk Down, which, Tyler, I know is a movie that you love. Mm-hmm. We are getting swooping shots. The camera never, ever, ever stops. They're like... The first drone shot we saw where it like is at the top of the building and then it like swoops down and goes into the city. I was like, whoa, cool. And then by the ninth one, I was like, okay, this is still kind of cool. I don't know if we needed 10 of these. I don't even think the drone was on. I think they just threw it off the side of the building. <laughs> so the shots just flipping through the air. I had had one beer before going into this movie, and I and I I was questioning myself halfway yeah, it through. It was the same way, a single beer, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like disorienting me. There was some very very bad shots where like the camera's literally just flipping in. We'll get to one specific scene that I really liked and you did not like. When you say disorienting, was it? fun was it unnecessary what was your reaction? some of them were too unne- some of them were a little unnecessary some yeah. of them worked it just happened too much where the camera's literally just like spinning around yeah like this one I'm, i mean this isn't really a spoiler so i'm gonna say mine now when they're talking in like the garage yeah yeah Bill mateen and jake gyllenhaal's characters and it's like spinning like around them i loved <laughs> it i loved it zooming Give in me more <laughs> no I, I I thought I was gonna uh, gonna get like motion sick there for a second. There were also several shots where I didn't think it was zoom. I think they literally just had the camera like on top of the actor's faces. <laughs> uh, Brilliant stuff. I don't like that's what I came for, and I got it. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I know it's not entirely necessary. I was okay. One thing I do have an issue with is that. There were just no citizens in Los Angeles at all in this movie whatsoever. <laughs> no one's on the streets. <laughs> just, there was like one part where some are like running through a parking garage and then there's just no other people in the movie at, at any time. <laughs> there were more people in the parking garage than the entirety of the city. <laughs> Everybody gets an alert on their phone. All right, car chase. Everybody's got to go inside. And every single person in LA was like, okay and they went and said there's nobody out there i think we learned from the last couple of years that like people saying you should do something does not result in people doing it well you know maybe maybe it was filmed during covid so there were so that's why there were less people this this whole this there whole, was still people uh, out and about during covid maybe i didn't see a single mask in this movie I think there was one mask. One person was, like, thrown out of a car wearing a mask, I believe. Oh, really? I was like, oh, that was, yeah, like, I literally was like, that's weird. Maybe that was just an actual citizen that they used as a live extra. (laughs) One other thing that I admired but didn't understand is that uh, the people who worked on this know how to fill the camera. I'm thinking specifically of the frame of Garrett Dillahunt in his gear in his fandom gear and then just the giant saint bernard dog that is sitting in the front seat <laughs> that i don't know why this dog is in the movie at all except for you to like look and go oh what's that and your attention is caught for another second did that go anywhere 
That did, went nowhere. They forgot about him in the middle of the movie. Well, no, well, no, no. What, there was one scene where they had to call off, or they had to like back off the cops because he didn't want the dog to get hurt. Oh, okay. But then in the next scene, the cops are right there, so I don't like do anything. I don't know. That's just that's just. I'm just. No, saying. I, I agree with you. They did say that, but like, like then the, the cops were just right there again. Yeah. No, oh, I I also like the claustrophobia of the ambulance uh you did feel the tight space for better or worse did feel very cramped uh, which is goes to what i was saying before about you you get the visceral reaction of the characters uh through this filmmaking for better or worse sometimes are you guys ready to get into spoilers for ambulance let's go yep all right, we're going to take a brief break, and we're going to come back with a spoiler conversation after a word from our podcast friends. Hello, I'm Anthony. And I'm Dr. Issues. And we're the hosts of Capes on the Couch, the podcast where comics get counseling. Superheroes don't always get to go home happy. That's where we come in. We offer psychiatric and mental health evaluation of comic book characters. We also chat with some of your favorite creators. Al Ewing. Erica Schultz. Gail Simone. Philip Kennedy Johnson. Chris Claremont. About their work on comics. So check out all our episodes at capesonthecouch.com and follow us at Capes on the Couch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hashtag Because Comics. All right, we're back with a spoiler conversation for Ambulance. This thing moves very quickly. It goes from Yahya Abdul-Mateen. He is a veteran, but he can't get benefits. His wife uh, needs surgery and he's on the phone he can't get it so he goes to his brother and they just decide to go on a robbery like in two seconds like that <laughs> yeah they didn't yeah, he's like hey come with me <laughs> no and what did he need like 200 something thousand dollars and then he's yes. like well how about nine billion dollars i don't i don't <laughs> think i need that much so. yeah like now nah, that's, that's <laughs> i don't think i can wash that much which a question I had we'll get to at the end of the movie. Um, the Cam, played by Isaac Gonzalez, I was not expecting them to go this hard in the beginning where she's treating a young girl who has been impaled after a car crash. Um, that was even a little more extreme than I was expecting. Yeah, that was gruesome. That was, it was very gruesome. Uh, not expecting that. I guess it was like a bit of emotional manipulation to get you on her side. Um, I, I think I don't it think was I would have ever to, not been on her side, though. I, I think it was more to set up, and I'm Hollywood. You don't need to do this. And it's like ah, a strong badass woman needs to have no emotion. She's an ice queen. Yeah, and she doesn't like anybody. Like, like, I think that's how it set her up. Like, she's like, oh, calm, cool, and collect. Like, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. It's my job. Yeah, like, can't. you don't need to do that to have, like, a, a woman that's, like, strong-willed. But don't worry. Right. She has her zero alcohol Heineken to keep her sane. <laughs> yeah, I... That was uh, quite quite visceral. The most visceral part of the movie, I, I would say, despite all the crazy stuff that happens here. The Heineken? Not the Heineken. No. <laughs> Come on, that's not visceral. It's got it's got no alcohol in it. Have you guys tried non-alcoholic beer? I have. I've had O'Doul's, but in mixed drinks. Oh, <laughs> feeding the. It birth. just sounds like a waste of time. Yeah, I don't really get that. Fun fun fact though, when I was a kid, I didn't realize that um, 
the kids. So I, I, I'm trying to remember how the story goes. So basically, I was reading under non-alcoholic beverages at like I think it was on the border. Mm-hmm. I was I was there with my family and I was reading under uh, non-alcoholic beverages. So I, I I didn't know what O Duels was at that point. So I was like, oh, can I get no duels? And they're like, ah, and then the waitress and everyone's like, ah ha 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 ha, that's funny. You can't have that. <laughs> I was like, I. <laughs> I'm like I don't get it. I'm six. <laughs> six. You guys are reminded. Everybody. But but I get reminded of that every couple of years by my by my siblings and my parents. Like oh. I remember that time you tried to order in O'Doul's? That's the families are the worst. <laughs> uh, that's not even that's not even the worst story. And they are the worst because. They will take you on heists that go wrong, and now you're stuck driving an ambulance for nine hours. Yeah, if your brother invites you on a heist, just don't go. <laughs> yeah, you hear that, Jeffrey? Yeah. <laughs> I've had to decline several heists. <laughs> you guys mentioned the scene where they're discussing whether or not to do the job, and the camera is just like roving back and forth, back and forth. It's It's a... It's a carousel in a wind tunnel is what's going on. And this is exactly what I wanted. I know you guys weren't fans. Was it was it nauseating in any way? What was what was the aversion? I think the swooping shots flip the flipping swooping shots were what what were that the other ones I I'm fine, I can live with. Yeah, okay. I, I it felt like they were just like they just gave the cinematographer a drone and they're like, Hey, have fun. <laughs> And he's like, and, he, and he's like, oh, this is so cool. And they're like, sir, you're supposed to be filming a movie. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then he had to turn and swoop back down. And they <laughs> kept it. Uh, I like the, the setup of the cop wanting a date. And I especially like the offended teller who he like goes to the mail teller and he's like, I'll take care of you. He's like, no, I want to go see Susan or whatever. He's like, Kim, okay, Kim. Susan's great. Susan's great. Kim. No worries. It was Kim. Oh, Kim. This leads to the initial shootout outside the bank. Really tough crew. They all get killed. Um, so I don't I don't know what kind of crew he was riding with. I'm 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 glad that Joel got his comeuppance from Deep Water. Joel Dash? Joel Dash, yeah. <laughs> That's where Joel Dash went after he had to go. He's like, yeah, I used to in LA. Wearing Birkenstocks. Yeah, he went. He went from one LA to the other. He went from Louisiana <laughs> to Los Angeles. Uh, the fire extinguisher, which was heavily advertised in the trailer, again, it was one of those things that looked cool, had no consequence on the story at all. Mm-mm. It was just a very dumb escape. Like she had like a, a massive alleyway to run down. Yeah. she didn't think they'd they'd be able to like stop her. I guess it was maybe like, oh, now there's a, a sense of mistrust here. But really, he was, Danny was just screaming about cashmere. So I, I don't <laughs> think we needed that. The police strategy was, was, maybe I wasn't following along enough, but it just seemed that they were going to cut them off at several points. That seemed like most of the strategy. Well, yeah, we, there was like no strategy. They're like, we're going to follow them. And then when they get to a point, we're going to get them. And then they don't go to the point, and like, oh, we'll get them next time. 
<laughs> they always know where they're going, which, okay, understandable. You got eyes on them, but it's always like, all right, we'll just cut them off. We'll just cut them off. Well, they had they had all those helos in there. Yeah, the helos. I don't know what the helos were meant to do except watch them. <laughs> yeah, they were very ineffective. And then they, like, flew next to them for some reason. Like, yeah. you can fly above them. You don't have to go next on top of them. <laughs> and if you do, do something. But again, they couldn't. They couldn't hurt the ambulance because there was a brother cop in there. Oh my! Gosh. Also, this is the luckiest cop imaginable. How he survived this? He got shot point blank with two AR-15 rounds, one of which they didn't even know about till almost the end of the movie. So he's just bleeding profusely <laughs> yeah. from his chest. He had he had people just like shoving their hands at his stomach. Let's like, let's r- talk about his it. spleen. Rupturing his spleen, like. Let's this, talk this, about the surgery I, on the spleen. This this whole scene, it, it was funny, I'll give it that, but this scene was so ridiculous that it took me out. Like, the whole FaceTiming the doctors. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey, that criminal you're with, have him help you. <laughs> I will so say, I, I, I cringed pretty hard at the rupturing spleen, though. That made me jump, like... Yeah. Well, I like how they're like, if you rupture his spleen, he's gonna die. I'm like, oh no, we ruptured it. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, just clamp it with your with your hair clip. That's yeah, the same. That was gross. How tight is that hair clip? It's holding his spleen together. Also, he was just completely like closed up. One scene later, I don't know how they sewed him up. <laughs> his stomach went. Yeah, they from just being forgot open. they cut him open. Well, they, Cam calls so, her her doctor ex boyfriend. He, they FaceTime trauma surgeons. At one point, one of the trauma surgeons says, oh my god, this is crazy. You're a trauma surgeon. Like, I understand this is a unique situation. You're going to go, oh man, what the hell? But what I, want, what I want to know is, did they sew the hair clip inside of him? Yeah, that's yeah. just part of his body. <laughs> like... Yeah, I, I don't get the scene at all. And Cam, she's supposed to be the greatest EMT in all of LA, and I like the performance a lot. But one, at one point, she punches the officer in frustration, <laughs> and then two, she can't locate a second wound on him. Yeah, like didn't notice he was bleeding all over. Well, she noticed he because she says nine from? times, she's like, "Where's the blood coming from?" And then do, like doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, like I'm. He's wearing his shirt. Like he still have a bullet hole, and he should be able to easily find it. it was, she's <laughs> focusing on the spleen too much at once. We have Danny and Will punching each other in the driver and passenger seat. Not generally a good idea when you're driving, but this led to one of the best moments of the movie, <laughs> where they are listening to "Sailing" the Christopher Cross song. <laughs> I just want to say, it's okay to punch each other while you're driving when there's no other cars on the road. Yeah, this is true. Was this before or after the sniper ambush that, like, they just knew where to deploy every sniper? Uh, I think this was... I could be wrong. I think this was right before because they, like, found them through their AirPods, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was just kind of thrown away. I thought they were, like, listening through them, and I thought I was going to like be like them singing and they're like what the hell is this oh i think it was because they thought after the surgery the cops thought after the surgery that the the cop cop was was dead dead, so they were going to shoot them then right before they learned that he's alive so they're like 
no, never mind. <laughs> I just I just love how easy they make it look. Like this is a moving ambulance driving like fast down a road, and they're able to just keep a scope steadied on his head, like like nothing. They're like, oh, okay, I'm gonna take this shot. Like yeah. that'd be an insanely difficult shot to make, yeah. and they're just like, mm, yeah, I got it. <laughs> Everyone on the LAPD is capable of doing this. It's it's easy. That's part of the the entrance exam, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Can you shoot this ambulance driver with rifle? Well, a lot of questions come up of, wouldn't they have to stop for gas? How are they going to keep going forever? Luckily, Danny Sharp knows Poppy, and Poppy has some connections. Um, I didn't know who this group was vastly just like underdeveloped who these people were no justice for these characters at all yeah they seem pretty much like caricatures of your stereotypical cartel members members. yeah you're 100 absolutely it was that was bad it was bad i didn't i didn't even know that guy was his son and literally explicitly said it after his death i didn't know that i didn't even establish that no that was that was terrible but they, they send the decoy. They have the machine gun and the fake car. Uh, this is where Garrett Dillahunt's character dies. Gotta be honest. I don't know if I was just distracted by the baby that was sitting next to me in the theater that was throwing stuff. Because <laughs> that did happen. Yeah, someone, someone brought a, a whole-ass infant into this movie. And I like a right half hour Mike. late. Half yeah. hour late. <laughs> yes. Sat next to me, not next, not just next to me, but like there was a whole party, like one seat over from me too. Oh, that's and right. So that was slightly distracting. So maybe that was the reason that like I wasn't totally sure if Garrett Dillahunt was dead or not, but he was because he just didn't show up anymore. I honestly well, didn't yeah, care cause... enough about his character anyway. Yeah, the FBI guys like ah, I'm getting on the helicopter now, so like he's just he's dead now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we have the spray painting of the ambulance. Then we go to Poppy's hideout, which I mean, the best moment here is when they rock the house, and then Danny goes, "He's my real brother," and kills Poppy, and then they're out. That, that was... was a solid moment. I did like how they incorporated the the quote like the quote military tactic of driving the ambulance under the bridge and then departing out from under the bridge with like decoys i thought that was kind of a clever move for them yeah it was it was cool after we get out of poppy's hideout this is where because there was a gun underneath the officer and the in the ambulance the whole time and so cam takes it and she shoots will Good use of slow-mo for the reveal here. I do have to say, that was effective. Um, they, Yeah, that was the only effective slow motion in this movie, honestly. <laughs> the rest was just nonsense. But when they li- they lifted him on the stretcher, why? What did they pick the gun up with him? I don't, like, one of the guys grabbed him with the gun? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> it was a sticky gun, and he was laying on it. There was honey in his back pocket, and <laughs> oh, fair, so that's why enough. it stuck to him and went underneath him. No, what is what is it that pitch meeting says? So the movie can happen. <laughs> so the movie can happen. But uh, 
there's a the, speaking of the slow motion. There's one shortly after it where it's like a random cartel thug firing a, a pistol at them, and it's in slow motion for no reason. The shots <laughs> don't come anywhere close to like hitting them. He's just like walking in slow motion, firing, and he gets hit by the ambulance. <laughs> like there's absolutely no reason it was in slow motion. <laughs> Was that the one that goes through the windshield? Yes, yeah. it does. Yes. And then he has to like be fought off. <laughs> That's the kind of outrageous touch I want in this. Uh, we get to the end. The cops are closing in. They do close in. And then um, Danny threatens Cam. He says he's going to shoot her and then himself. Then we get that like, I wasn't sure what was happening at first when he comes out. Um, of the ambulance then it like fades to black i thought we were going to flash forward for a second but it turns out that will had to shoot his brother man it was sad uh any sort of emotional reaction or were you guys just like all right that's that's the story i i was kind of checked out by that point <laughs> i was crying tears i'm like will it's your brother <laughs> <laughs> Well, they make this interesting choice of, like, intercutting with them playing with toy guns when they're kids. Um, Not necessary whatsoever. Mm -mm. But if I'm being generous, I don't know if the movie intended this, it was an interesting thought of, like, you know, when you're an adult, you ask yourself constantly, not that most people are in shootouts with, their own brother and the police and ambulances but you know sometimes you're like (laughs) yeah sometimes you're like you know how how did things get here how do we get here you know you used to be that you used to be the kid playing how do we get to this point so if i'm being generous to the film it did raise that thought in my mind this is not my beautiful house (laughs) how did i get (laughs) how did he get there uh, and then the end where the money goes to Will's wife, Amy. I don't know how she washed all that money. Yeah. I just want to say, like, there's one guy in the back that's staring at the whole time when when she picks up the money and puts it in. Like, he's literally staring at her. I don't know if the extra was doing it, like, not supposed to, or if that was supposed to be in it. But he's legitimately, like, staring at her. <laughs> Sees her put it in and then just, like, watches her walk away. That's the but, sequel. Like, <laughs> do, they, do they not count the money? Like they're like, "Hey, we're missing eight million dollars." <laughs> no, they, they they didn't. They assume some of it got lost in the police chase. Yeah. Hey, you have a lot of money to pay for the surgery. You were just begging insurance companies to cover. It's uh, interesting. Also, while I, your husband's in the hospital after robbing a bank. Also, I just want to point out that like the. They specifically point out that it's experimental surgery, um, and they're mad that insurance doesn't cover it, which I agree. Insurance should cover more than it does, but like, is do they have to do the experimental surgery? Like, what? I don't, what's the? What was her ailment? I don't think they unclear. Said. It was never specified. Oh. I don't think. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just a little thin. The script's a little thin. Entertaining, but pretty thin. That's okay. And then we get the officer, Zach, who says that Will saved him. I don't know if I totally believe that character choice. 
and then Cam just walks off because to end a movie, we always just need somebody walking off screen, and then she, it's done. She got to walk off into the sunset. She, she did. <laughs> she's the only one. We don't get to walk off into the sunset, but she does. Also, like you were saying, the like, oh, you know, they have to make the professional woman all cold and devoid of emotion. And her way of showing that she changes to visit somebody that she cared for. That's what EMTs do is they treat people in emergencies and then they never see them again. Although they, they, those nurses let her commit a HIPAA violation by, by reading her. Yeah. The, the, uh... it was every single person in L.A. just watching this story, and then they're like, oh, it's her. We better. We, <laughs> we can't vol- violate these, like, sacred laws of people's privacy. Uh, she can look at anyone's medical history. That's fine. She's a hero. <laughs> I, like, why did she have to visit the girl? It's nice. I don't, that's it's not a requirement of being an EMT. Do you think she actually would have, like, if if it wasn't for the movie to have that kind of ending? If she would have visited the girl? Yeah. Do you mean if, like, none of the ambulance stuff had happened? Yeah. Yeah. No, not a chance. Yeah, because she just said, oh, it's a job, don't get attached or whatever. Which, I mean, kind of is. <laughs> like, I'm not... She has, to, she has to go visit every patient that she brings to the hospital. <laughs> but uh, what was I going to say about that specific scene? Oh, I like how they're like, oh, she saved that cop's life. Really? Is he out of the woods? Like, his, <laughs> he's, he's being held together by a hair clip right now. Yeah, they're going <laughs> like... to go, what the hell is this doing in here? Can <laughs> you the... even tell me he's just fine now? <laughs> like he's, he's made a full recovery. That trauma surgeon is going to come in. He's going to be like Chevy Chase in vacation. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. He's going to be muttering during surgery the whole time. <laughs> Any final thoughts on ambulance? I think we summed it up pretty good. Um, like I said, if you're if you're a fan of Michael Bay, like his good stuff, you'll probably enjoy this. If you're yeah. not a fan of Michael Bay, you can probably skip it. I'm I'm just going to give a, a missive here to the audience and just say that you better go see this movie because if this movie flops, continues to flop, and Michael Bay goes back to Transformers, oh, I'm no. blaming each and every one of you. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah. yeah, fair. Well, if you don't want that to happen or you do like Transformers or Ambulance, you can write to us at silverscreensaverspod at gmail.com. Please, if you like the show, rate, review on your favorite podcast channel, your favorite podcast app. Tell a friend, tell a fellow movie lover. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ScreensaversPod. And our Facebook is Silver Screen Savers Podcast. Matt, where can you be found online? You can find me over at MattyXSturds, S-T-U-R-D-Z. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Tyler. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at Tyler Sutkus and on Letterboxd at Tyler96. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Michael underscore Gallat and on Letterboxd at M Gallat. Well, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Woo! Welcome to The Rock, gentlemen. We don't get to be down to bone! <laughs> I was waiting for that to come back. Silver Screen Savers podcast was co-created, written, hosted, and produced by Michael Gallat, Tyler Sutkiss, and Matt Sturdivant. Additional editing by Matt Sturdivant. 
Intro music by Charles Michel via Pixabay. Logo design by Nathan Seidel. <laughs>